Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. When I was a a boy, uh, playing army was not anything unusual. And we, we had, I guess we had watched enough television to know certain language that we should use and if if we were getting ready to go out we'd look look back and we'd say cover me and we'd take off running and they were supposed to be shooting and covering us I just want to tell you when the peace of God covers you there's nothing in the world like knowing that he's got us covered he's got us covered amen amen would you stand with me please for the reading of god's word in honor of that today i I want to encourage you that your labor what you're doing is not in vain now i just want to tell you that the word labor or work that has a very negative connotation in our in our society there's some of you that absolutely love what you do there's others that your stomach gets in knots thinking that you got to go to work tomorrow that's a horrible way to be. It's a horrible way to live. I've, I've had jobs where I hated that. But I looked up the word work and there's nothing negative about the definition. It's basically doing a task for an intended end. Doing a task that has an intended result. And I hope that you might not be happy with your work as far as natural work, but I hope that your work in the Lord, you will not be discouraged because your work is not in vain. And God's going to reward you for your work. I want to encourage you just before I read the scripture, you've been seated for a while, so you can stand for a little bit. But I want to encourage you that Almighty God keeps really good records. I mean, he knows what you're doing. And there's going to be a day that you're going to get paid. You're going to be rewarded for what you have done. The Bible says, be you not weary in well-doing. Just don't get weary in it. Because you're going to reap in due season. Amen. This scripture is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 5. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. Now, Paul was writing to the people 
uh, of Thessalonica and he was telling them I'm writing to you because I wanted to make sure you maintained your faith that you maintained what we had poured into you and he said I wanted to check because I didn't want all my hard work to be for nothing and I just want to tell you that later on you will hear Paul get excited because he knew that he had labored and he got a wonderful return for his labor. Father God, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice here today, every person that is watching and listening by any means, I pray my Father up in heaven that you would let your Holy Spirit do a work now. And let us realize that we do labor, but our labor has a wonderful boss, and that's you. And dear God, if we follow your leading, if we do your will, we will be rewarded for our labor. In Christ Jesus' lovely and precious holy name, amen and amen. You may be seated. God bless you. This is... Uh, what we classify in America our Labor Day weekend and and we uh, we recognize laborers I'm not preaching this because it's Labor Day weekend I am preaching this because I believe it is a word from God for this hour but I want to tell you that oftentimes we feel like that we get started in something we work and we just don't see the fruit of our labor. We don't see the return that we would like to see. But our time is not God's timing. And our movement is not necessarily God's movement. But yet still God keeps great records. I just want to tell you that God doesn't forget even the smallest task that you do. God doesn't forget even the tiniest little action that you do. In fact, he said, if you give a cup of water in my name, I, just little things. I, I want to establish this at the beginning that there, there are folks that they will work in church or they will work for God as long as it is a good, glitzy position. Amen? Uh, through the years, I've pastored for a long time. I've, I've seen people who would get ticked off if they were asked to sing on Sunday night instead of Sunday morning. That let me write, uh, know right then that they weren't really about ministry. They were about Showtime. I just want to give a news flash. This is not the Apollo. God's house is not the place for entertainment. God's house is a place for worship. I've seen people who didn't mind doing certain jobs as long as they got the proper recognition. But that's not what our labor for the Lord is about. 
The first minister that I hired was years ago when I was at Irmo. And, and the guy happened to be a millionaire. And uh, I, I hired him and I, I, I said, uh, go clean the toilets. He's going to be my associate pastor. I, that's the first job I gave him. I said, go clean the toilets. He looked at me. He said, are you for real? I said, I'm for real. I can't ask you or I can't ask the church to do something you and I wouldn't do. So go clean the toilets. So he went and cleaned the toilets. And this is a fact. He came out and he said, glory to God. I didn't know what the glory of God was about. I, I looked, he said, I was in there cleaning the toilets and I thought, this is God's house. And I'm cleaning God's house. I'm cleaning God's toilets. He said, I got shouting happy cleaning toilets. Amen. <laughs> That's the truth. I, I just want to tell you, I may have never gotten quite that kind of blessing out of cleaning toilets, but he got the point. It wasn't if you were behind the pulpit. It wasn't if you were in the glitzy position. It was, am I a servant? that is willing to do whatever God tells me to do, and then God will bless that. Amen. Now, I wanna tell you, your, work, your labor, what you do is very important. David, the great psalmist, the great warrior, David had in his heart to build a temple to God. I mean, this was, it, it just went at him. I've, I've got, I have got to build a temple to the Lord. And, and he started making preparation for that. And God stopped him. God brought a word and said, no, David, you, you've been a man of war. You, you have shed blood. And so you can't be the one that builds the temple. But I'm going to raise up a son from you and he will do it. So this story here today brings us to this point that David began to prepare and his labor was not in vain. What happened is David started lining things up. He started lining up things for his son to have success. See, some of what we do is a generational thing. See, there are people who all they can think is the here and now or the past. I need to say that again because that's a big point. There's some people all they can think of is the here and now or the past. Some people can't even enjoy the here and now because all they worry about is their failures and their shortcomings of the past. They can't even enjoy the moment. Someone say amen to that. Then there are those who can see the future. Those who are heavenly minded, 
those who get caught up in the spiritual and get an impartation of the will of God for their future and the future of their generations. Come on now. Oh, we're going somewhere here this morning. What we labor for today is not just for us. I just want to tell you, I am absolutely thrilled because being at this church for 19 years, I have seen more and more of the, the, the ones that were children when I got here that are now major parts of this church because they have been raised up for the future. But I want to tell you there is another generation they're back in our children's department and what we do will affect their future. What we do and how we labor and how we worship, how we pour in is going to be uh, much of what they will reap. See, we're sowing, they're gonna reap. And, and, and I've got two grandchildren. I, I just wanna tell you, as they grow, I want them to grow up in a Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, healing, miracle, sign, wonder church. I want them to grow up in a church that is vibrant. I don't want them to have to go find it somewhere else. I want them to say, this is it. And then I hope that there's a revelation at some point in their life that they say, praise be to God for those before us that laid a foundation, that worked, that struggled, that did all that they did so that we can enjoy what we're enjoying today. I looked over and I saw Brother Steve Dillard and his dad was a, a, a Church of God preacher for many, many years. And, and, and in his time, things were a lot tougher than they are today. But it was because of a man like that that worked hard and dug out things and that there's many preachers and churches in our state right now that are doing far better because someone labored and took the tough times so that they could have better times. Now David got the vision and God said, you're not going to be the one, but I, 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 I'm wanting you to do preparation. And so David started sowing good seed. Now, if you look up the word sow, uh, sowing is work. It's work. It's synonymous for labor. If you look it up in the, Hebrew, in the Greek, you're going to find out that it's labor. Now, I, I just want to tell you, I'm not a farmer. Don't claim to be a farmer. Don't want to be a farmer. I praise God for farmers because I wouldn't have this without farmers. I want to thank God for farmers, but farmers do some tedious, tough work and they have to believe God, but their labor while they're sowing, they're going to hope that the rain comes. They're going to hope that the, uh, the, the, the seed brings forth and they're going to hope that all the conditions are conducive so that their labor brings forth. David started sowing and in, in a First, Chron First Chronicles chapter 22, uh, the Bible says 
Then David said, this is the house of the Lord and this is the altar of the burnt offerings for Israel. And David commanded to gather together the strangers that were in the land of Israel. And he set masons to hew wrought stones to build the house of God. And David prepared iron in abundance for the nails, for the doors of the gates and for the joinings and brass in abundance without weight and cedar trees. And, and it goes on to list what all David did. He just kept gathering it in, gathering it in. He wasn't going to be the one that built it, but he was sowing good seed. And then it goes on in, in verse six, then he called Solomon his son and charged him to build a house to the Lord God of Israel. Now, David got the vision. God had told him it's not gonna be you, it's gonna be your son. So David did what? He gathered in the supplies and then he called his son and put in his heart or from his heart into his son's heart. Some, some uh, dads here today need to listen to me. One reason that we have children behaving like they do in our society today is the absence of dads. Now come on, the absence of dads. This isn't Father's Day, but dads, you need to hear it on a day other than Father's Day. It is important for you to pour in to your child. It's important to, for that child to hear what the dad says. And whether you like it or not, it is important for you to take the spiritual lead in your home. And if you're not the spiritual leader, you're out of balance. Oh, come on, help me out. David went a little bit further. He said, I want you to come in here. And now I, I want you to hear the vision. And, and he started telling him, God put it in my mind to build it. And, and I'm not going to be able to, but I'm going to set you up, boy. I'm going to get everything lined up so you're going to be successful. You're going to be blessed. You're going to have all that you need to accomplish the vision. Sometimes all we can do is tell our children their failures instead of setting them up for the future. Oh my, help me out here. God help us. Yeah, we can talk about the, look here. This is a weird generation coming up. But that's what they said about your generation. Come on. I grew up in the 60s. Weird. When you're known as flower children, you're weird. Amen? Let me just throw it out there. Polyester. I mean, I never thought that would come back. I never did. But it came back. That's plastic. That's people wearing plastic. But we do it. Now, we might not have the hip huggers and the bell bottoms, but we still wear it. Let me get back on the subject here. <laughs> Solomon now gets the vision, and, and I, 
I want you to hear this. This was, this was a mega, a, a mega building going up in that day. Now, I've seen models of it. I've seen pictures, and it doesn't look mega to me. But in that day, it was mega. And gold and silver was everywhere. Now, I, I read something. Listen to this. If just the amount of gold and silver was valued in that building, it would have been over $22 billion in, in our day. $22 billion. That was just the gold and the silver. That wasn't the other jewels. That wasn't the brass. That wasn't the labor. It, just the amount of gold and silver that was used, it would have been over a $22 billion project. But David had it in his heart and he said, we're going to do it. And who was he doing it for? He wasn't doing it for himself because he wasn't going to be able to get it done. It wasn't, he's already told by the master, you're not going to do it. It'll be your son. But it didn't take away his vision. It didn't take away his drive. He said, I'm going to see that it happens. So if you'll look over in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, you'll start, uh, chapter 5, you'll start seeing that Solomon starts doing all the things that his dad had told him to do and the, the, the temple was built. It was something that I'm sure people from all over came to see because there was nothing like it in the world. I, I mean, and it was to Almighty God. David didn't just dream, but he dreamed big. Oh, help me. Young people, listen to me. Don't dream little. Dream big for God. Don't see yourself in the shadows. See yourself in the spotlight. Amen. Help me. Someone here today, don't see yourself riding around on an old bummed up bicycle and trashy clothes and can't eat. See yourself walking in the blessings of God. Come on. As a man thinketh, so is he. As a man thinketh, so is he. So the temple was built because somebody had a vision. And someone labored. So my point here is that David never lost his vision, but his labor was not in vain. Now, the, there is a law that happens. It was set in motion by God. Now, I have heard the law of gravity, that what goes up must come down. I don't know about you, but I have tested that law, and I have come to the firm conclusion that that law is right. Someone asked this this week, has anyone ever tried to fly? As a kid, I had to test it. I was in a tree. 
Yes, I was stupid. But I had to test it. I flapped my arms as good as I could. And I wasn't near as big as I am now. But guess what? I found out that there was a law. And that law of gravity was firm. What went up that tree came down. But I came down a whole lot faster than I went up. God set in motion a law. He said, whatever you sow, you'll reap. Whatever you sow. Negative, 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 negative. I can name all kinds of things that people sow. They, they sow it day after day after day. Junk that comes out of our mouths. Come on. And then it goes into the spiritual soil and it starts coming up. And guess what comes up? Negatives, 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 heartaches, tears, fears, doubts, confusion. And then how we do it is we get here and we go, I can't believe God is so bad to me. Why does it always happen to me? God, we even get negative this way. God doesn't love me like he loves other people. God's not as good to me as he is to other people. And the whole time we are in denial about how we sow negatives after negatives after negatives after negatives. And just because the negatives came forth, it is a law. What you sow is what you'll reap. There is now a law called what you sow, you will reap. It hasn't changed. So if you would take inventory, I want you to do this as homework. I want you to have a pen handy and starting Today, preacher, put it off to tomorrow. That's, no, no, we're going to start today. You're going to go to restaurants probably, most of you. And there's going to be all kinds of things negative you can say at that restaurant. Try to find a good way to talk about bad service. If it's not cooked just like grandma used to cook it, try to find a good way to speak. When you go to work t tomorrow, make sure that the mouth is kicked into positive gear because what you sow on Monday, you may reap on Tuesday. What you sow on Tuesday, you may reap on Wednesday. Just be careful that you start sowing good seed. Amen. Now, I, I've told this before, but I need to tell you again. I worked for a man who, if they gave out cards for idiots, he would have been certified as an idiot. He was 
an idiot. There's no way around it. No matter how you tried to shape it, he was an idiot. There was days that I am so glad I was not around him because I would have gone to an idiot's level if he was near me. Do you understand? Here's the deal. I sowed negatives. Can't stand him. He's stupid. He doesn't think. He, he doesn't have... Uh, he just doesn't have a grasp of things and it was negative after negative and our communication back and forth him and I when we would talk over the phone he he worked in Columbia I worked in Charleston but he was my boss and and over the phone it was turmoil it was friction because there was always negatives for me being shown I was in a church service and got under conviction. And a person said, start praying for those who do you wrong. Start praying blessings for those that despitefully use you. I just want to tell you, I did not want to pray blessings over him. I wanted the fire of God to come down and zap him. I wanted to be able to see him squirm. Uh, Lord, plague him. That would be good. Let me be the one that plagued him, Lord. Just give me the instruction. Preacher, that is terrible for anyone to act that way. I fully agree. That's why I needed to go to the altar, and I did. And I prayed, and I said, God, I got to get this junk out of me because I'm negative so I would get in my vehicle and I'd start praying for him God is my witness I would try to pray for him and I couldn't get my jaw to move now you know that's pretty bad when I can't get my jaw to move Didn't have to laugh that loud now. There you go. <laughs> and so I, here I was. I said, God, I want you to bless him. <laughs> now, y'all think I'm joking. I literally took my hand and made my mouth move. God, I want you to bless him. I want you to help him. Give him sense, Lord. Help him to have a great day. I didn't feel a bit better, Brother Phil. Day after day, I didn't feel a bit better. I was like, I don't want to pray it. But I kept praying it. Because I knew if I would sow good seed, something good was going to happen. I just kept sowing it. Prosper him, Lord. Now, I just want to tell you, and I've said this many times, I don't know when it happened. I don't really know how it happened. He and I didn't go as the movies run toward each other and embrace. It was none of that going on. But somehow, we became friends. Somehow, he quit talking stupid over the phone. You know what? It might have been that somehow I quit listening stupid. But, but however it happened, we became friends. We, we got along. And, and, and I enjoyed our 
latter time together but it was because I had a change of heart at the altar and then I had a change of mouth and I started sowing different seed and my labor wasn't in vain my labor made good things happen now I just want to tell you some of us go through the motions week after week day after day and we never mark our negativity that's why I want you to get a pen I want you to get a piece of paper and then I want you to agree that you will take it to the Lord in prayer once you realize I have been sowing some bad seed. Keep a little piece of paper on you and every time you're negative, just put a little mark. Put another little mark. Another little mark. I think you're going to be surprised. And then after a while, you'll look and go, I need a bigger piece of paper. Uh oh. And then I don't want you to take the attitude. Well, it's all of their fault. I like it how the old Negro spiritual puts it. It's not my brother or my sister, but it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Look here. My brother, my sister might need it, but I need it. And I'm going to sow good seed. I'm going to make good things happen. I'm going to sow good seed into my children. I'm going to go sow good seed in my husband, in my wife, in my friends, and my family members, my co-workers, I'm going to keep sowing good seed. You don't have to be fake about it. I'm talking about be positive about it and allow God to work because he said, whatsoever you sow, you will reap. Now, you might right now be sweating bullets going, oh, great day. I've come to church and he's telling me that I'm going to reap all that that I have sowed. I've got something, I've got some really good news to tell you. You just get a bigger handful of good seed and get a new revised enthusiasm and say I'm gonna sow more good seed and there might be some bad harvest that is coming up but I tell you what the good seed is going to overtake the bad seed and I'm going to reap a better harvest than what I was going to I might have I might have sown some bad stuff but I'm going to sow more good because my labor will not be in vain I will want to end with this your works follow you according to Revelation chapter 14 God said your works will follow you Whatever that you do. Now, some people have done bad works. Uh, Brother Josh, come here. Help, help me out. Josh, you're going to be bad works. Bad works. And the Bible says, uh, the bad, bad works follow me. And, and I'm preaching and bad works follow me I, I don't want bad works to follow me I want y'all to think that I'm a good guy 
But sooner or later, my bad works are going to follow me. Because it's a law. Your bad works follow you. See, you might think you're fooling everybody. Let me tell you some categories that you're not going to fool. A little child, they're going to read right through you. Somehow they see around you and they see bad works behind you. Oh, come on. And you're not going to fool a teenager. A teenager will look and go, oh, they think they all that, but they're not all that. You know what I'm saying? Because they just know if you're real or not. They know if bad works are following you. And, and I, let me go ahead and get to the adults because hopefully we have some discernment. And while I'm up here talking my, my game and telling everyone all of this, if, if I've got bad works following me, then the Holy Spirit should impart to you through discernment that he's not what he is professing. He needs to get rid of the bad works. He need, so I just want to tell you, I, I went to the altar because I had some bad works. And, and when I went to the altar, I confessed, Lord, I have done wrong. Lord, I have sinned. Lord, I have transgressed. I have done things that produce bad works in my life and I'm asking you to forgive me. I can't get rid of bad works, but Jesus Christ through the blood is able to get bad works away away from me. You don't have to hang on to it. You don't have to live with it because bad works is, it, God said your works follow you. So I want some good works following me. I, I want it to be like an aroma. Now, not like, have you ever been around someone that they wear way too much perfume? And, and, and when they walk away, you're going, oh, thank God I can breathe again. Well, you know that they have a perfume. I don't want you to be obnoxious, but I want there to be a fragrance. I want there to be a fragrance of good works. That when you walk away from someone, that they're saying, it's just a pleasure to be around them. I, I just felt something good I, I just love being around them. That's good works following you. Your labor's not in vain. Let good works follow you everywhere that you go. Even when you walk away, that the fragrance of the Holy Spirit, the fragrance of Jesus Christ abides where you have been. And then last of all, in Matthew chapter six, stand up with me. The Bible says, lay up, treasures in heaven as part of your labor lay up treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt the word or the phrase lay up means to accumulate to store to keep in store and treasures means a collection of valuables so what this scripture is saying in matthew is work and lay up treasures because your labor won't be in vain and you will reap in due season. Now, when we get to heaven, 
I have preached this, but I firmly believe it, that there are going to be absolute surprises when we get to heaven. I believe, I, I honestly believe that there's some people who think that they're going to have the Mac Daddy crown. They're going to have the designer robe. And they're going to have a mansion that will stun everyone else. And when we get there, I, I don't know if there's going to be different size mansions. I, I, I don't. But when we get there, if there are different size mansions, I believe we're going to be surprised who opens up the door and says, how y'all doing? We'll be walking around going, them? I've got a thimble on my head and they've got a crown big enough to, for an elephant to wear. How did they get that? Because they just kept sowing good seed and their labor is not in vain. News bulletin and end of this sermon. You've got a labor to reap. Let me say it again. You've got to labor. You've got to sow to reap. If you're doing nothing for the kingdom of God, you're not going to reap much. I heard an old song. It's one of the dumbest songs I've ever heard. Lord, build me a cabin over in the corner of glory land. That's not scriptural. And I just want to tell you, if that's all that you think you're worth, go for it. But I don't believe God's got cabins over in the corner of glory land. I've heard people say, if I can just make it in by the skin of my teeth, I'll be happy. Not me. I want to stand before God. And I want to be able to bring him a harvest from my sowing, from my labor. And I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. I don't want him to say, whew, I didn't think you'd make it. You got there right at the last. Uh -uh. I want him to say, well done. So how do we get there? I'll tell you how we get there. Labor. And labor does not have to be a negative. Lord, where do you want me to be? I love my dear wife. I do not have words enough to tell how much I love my dear wife. But I love doing the call that God has on my life. I literally, I have to make myself go home because I love helping people and I, I love ministering. I found where he wanted me to labor and I enjoy it. Find, find where God wants you to labor. And then you can't wait for Monday to arrive 
you, you can't wait to get out into the field because it's the place of fulfillment. It's the place of joy while you're sowing. And then the anticipation that that seed is gonna come up. And I can't wait when that seed comes up and then I get to see the fruit of the labor. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.